People have been hunting birds since the dawn of time. They've been hunted for food, for feathers, and more recently for pleasure and sport. People hunt many different types of birds for many different reasons. And you are about to hear some of the stories behind these reasons. This is the GoHuntBirds.com podcast. Welcome to the Friday the 13th edition of the Go Hunt Birds podcast. I am your host, Mark, and today I have with you the uh, Friday Foul Focal Points. And I think today, because it's Friday the 13th, I am going to share with you some scary stories of uh, my hunting past. So um, as you're listening to this, I am on day 12 of 75 Hard Program, so I'm chugging along with that. Uh, the season up here has come to an end. It is now really cold and snowy and shitty weather. I think we are what they call in the dead of winter. So Christmas is over and New Year's is over. And it's now, uh, you know, just where you sit back and wait till spring if you're a bird hunter. So uh, next seasons that are coming, obviously, for us is that late February goose season. Uh, and then, of course, spring snows followed by spring turkey hunting. So if you're like me, you're, you got... April 25th, circled on the calendar, looking forward to some spring turkey hunting and uh, hopefully try to get a couple of spring snow goose hunts in there uh, along the way. But uh, as for today, Friday the 13th, uh, you know, so we'll go down the list. I got three pretty scary stuff that's happened to me in my hunting years. So I've been hunting waterfowl since 2004, 2005, so almost 20 years. And uh, for the most part, I've had some pretty great success learned a lot along the way and uh you know i've had a lot of fun but i have three uh pretty scary moments that have come to mind for me uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna just chat with them chat about them go through them so my first uh first really introduction to you know what can go wrong in waterfowl hunting uh first or second year i got into duck hunting i got invited from a buddy of mine to go on a opening day duck hunt with a bunch of guys so he asked me if I wanted uh, to go the night before and, and stay overnight, and I said, no, i got to work late, so I will meet you there in the morning. So anyway, uh, try to get to bed fairly early. I'm pretty excited. It's, you know, opening day at duck. I'm going to actually go out and do some duck hunting on the big water, you know, with a bunch of guys that have been duck hunting for a long time. I just thought, you know what, got to get sleep. So I get up. I was told to meet there at 5. I get there 15, 20 minutes early, and there's the usual opening day, you know, guys excited and laughing and introducing themselves. And, you know, so I roll into the yard and uh, there's, there's everybody all pumped and ready to go. And uh, so three guys get into one boat and they peel off into the darkness. And another three guys get into another boat and they take off. And then there's six guys standing on shore still. And, uh, you know, if you know me, I'm a fairly large guy. And uh, I would say that of the six guys, there was two of them that were probably 
not quite as tall as me, but probably had a good, you know, 50, 80 pounds on me. So a few extra weights. So anyway, uh, again, I'm the young kid. I was probably in my early twenties. Didn't know much about what I was doing, just going with what I was told. So, um, so one of the guys gets into the boat and then he gets, his young kid gets in after him and then they tell me to jump in and uh, the other guy gets in, and I'm thinking, okay, and then there was a canoe on shore, so I'm thinking, well, these other two guys must be going in the canoe. So anyway, the, the four of us are in the boat, and the two guys that are fairly heavy or set, yeah, fellas, they kind of push us out into the water, and then they jump into the boat too, and I'm like, wow, that's, this is a lot of weight for this boat, but hey, what do I know? I'm, I'm just the rookie here. I'm just going along with the invitations, just pumped and happy to be duck hunting with a bunch of guys, and uh, anyway... You know, so I'm sitting in this boat now. We're kind of puddling, puddling along pretty slow, and uh, it's pitch dark, and everybody's still kind of laughing and drinking. And I can kind of tell that, or not drinking, sorry, but I can kind of tell that these guys are still pretty, you know, lit up from the night before, and maybe even still a little drunk. And they're, you know, kind of just, you know, you can, you know what it's like when you see people like that. So anyway, so I'm I'm in this boat with these guys, and the two fellows in the front. They start yelling to the guy driving the boat in the back, and they're like, hey, hey, you know, you better slow down, man. I, I, my arse is getting wet. There's water splashing up over the gunnels of the boat here. So so he's like, okay. So he starts to slow the motor down, and as he slows down, the entire front of the boat just submarines into the water. And before you know it, we're all swimming in the dark with all our gear. The boat capsizes. The motor's still running. It's spinning everywhere, and it's just chaos. And... uh you know, so boat tips over, there's gear floating everywhere, we can't see anything, it's pitch black dark, you know, they're they're giggling and laughing and they kind of think it's funny and a couple of the other guys kind of think like, holy shit, and they're kind of splashing around and I'm of course thinking like, fuck, we're going to drown here. And, and uh, anyway, so um, we kind of get our composure together and realize that if we're going to get out of this, we all, we all have to use the boat as a kind of a, a raft so so we all swim towards the boat and uh, we're trying to figure out what's going on well in the interim one of those boats that took off ahead of us they realized that we never did catch up to them so they turned back around to see if everything was okay and so as we're sitting basically bobbing in the water here uh the this other boat comes flying down the river and almost runs us over like it literally came within like three four feet of just running over one of the guys and you know so would have been even worse Luckily, uh, we got sorted out. We got to shore. We, we, we swam the boat to shore, you know, walked along the shoreline back to the house where we had been launched from. And, uh, you know, so, and, and these fucking guys, then they think it's funny. They just continue to keep drinking. They think it was hilarious, you know. Oh, man, that was awesome. And I can't believe we've done that. And, and then one guy goes on to say, it wasn't as bad as the last time we did that. And I'm thinking, what? The last time you guys did this is not something new that you've guys done before? So it, uh, at the end of the day, we lost a lot of gear. Um, I personally only lost uh, a Mojo spinning wing decoy and a couple boxes of shells and the thermos of coffee. I always make the joke that that thermos of coffee is probably not as hot as it was when I put it in there all those years ago now. But, uh, but anyway, um, some guys lost their eyeglasses and like, you know, their sunglasses and there were, one guy lost his wallets and just anything you can imagine. Um, and then, of course, to make the story even more fun, uh, they got a notion in their head that they were going to go scuba diving to get some of that stuff back. So the guy, one of the guys calls a buddy up that scuba dives and 
they go out later that afternoon and they were able to recover a lot of the guns and some of the stuff that they had lost. So just a real shit show of a opening day. And it was pretty scary, man. Like I remember driving back probably like now it's like eight in the morning and like, I should thinking like, man, I should have been duck cutting this morning. And instead I almost drowned and, uh, you know, just a real, real scary moment that, uh, has kind of put a little bit of a fear in my mind every time I do jump into a duck boat now. So, so that's one of my scary uh, moments that I've had. So, um, a second scary thing that happened and, you know, pretty short story, but, uh, we had one of our girls weekends and, uh, we had this lady show up who was, you know, told us how great of a dog she had and how proficient of a hunter she was and everything. And, you know, kind of one of these blowhards that was, just everything you did, she did better, right? And so we get out into the fields. This lady had let on that she had this dog that was just, you know, it, the way she talked, it was so good it could have drove the truck to the field for us. So anyway, we get to the field. This dog I don't think had ever retrieved hardly anything in its life other than a sandwich maybe or some scraps off the floor. But we get to the field, and I, I pull out the dog blind for this lady, and she's like, well, what's that thing? And I said, well, it's the blind for your dog. And she's like, oh, we've never hunted out of one of those before. And I said, well, have you never used layout blinds before? And she's like, no, never. And uh, I said, well, how do you generally hunt? She said, well, my, I hunt with my husband, and he looks after all the stuff, and we hunt out of a stationary blind along a field edge. And I said, well, how many times have you been out? And she's like, oh, you know, half a dozen. So... I'm like, okay, well, I mean, this is how this works, and this is how things go, and you lay down, and you put the, the barrel in here, and you don't shoot until I tell you, and that kind of stuff, and so anyway, so we lay down, we get all set, the other girls are all set too, and we, we lay down, and uh, next thing I know, we're here fumbling around with the dog, and she's got the dog in her blind with her, like, the dog will not go in the dog kettle, and it's just, like, fighting her tooth and nail that it does not want to be in that kennel, it wants to be in with her, and while she's fucking around with the dog, trying to get it to into her blind with her, her fucking gun goes off out of nowhere, so she obviously had it loaded with shells in it with the safety off, and as she was fucking around, or I don't know what happened, or I don't know if she did it herself or, or if the dog stepped on the trigger but whatever the case the fucking gun went off and luckily to god nobody was standing in front of it but uh what a fucking scary scary feeling man just all of a sudden when that gun goes off and this bang and the other girls are looking at me and they don't know what the hell just happened and you know it's still like it is legal shooting like now but it's not there's no birds around like this so they obviously know that we're not shooting at anything and they just we could not believe that this get this lady was just so careless that this gun went off without even uh, any inclination of, of you know what was going on so she felt terrible by the way like you know she uh, she just could not believe that she had done that and confided in me after that she just was so shaken up by that she actually the last morning she didn't even go hunting she just was so upset with herself and and i don't blame her i mean that's that's a safety thing that uh you really just got to be careful of and uh we, we had another guy that happened to too and uh, same thing like just being careless put his gun away loaded and then the following time he went to take it out hunting it was still loaded and when he went to pull it out of the gun sock it fucking went off in the gun sock and shot the sock you know shot out and shot a hole in the floor of the blind and just uh really unfortunate that people don't really be careful so that's another really scary thing that's happened over the years and then uh one of my most recent scary things was uh this past fall when we went to saskatchewan um 
there's five of us in the truck. So we drove the first day from Pembroke to Kenora, uh, which is a 20-hour jaunt. And then the second day, we drove from Kenora to Regina. And uh, we got in, we, st- we got a hotel. And then the third day was supposed to be just an easy two-and-a-half-hour drive. We would get up and run over to Cabela's and get our Saskatchewan hunting licenses. And then we'd rip over to where the lodge was. You know, just north of Swift Current, a couple hours away, should be easy. So when we get up in the morning, there's a little skiff of snow, which is starting to snow. And I'm like, oh, well, we'll just have to take our time. Well, by the time we got to Cabela's and got our licenses and then got out on the road and started driving on the highway, it started to fucking snow like a lot. And uh, by the time we got into, uh, I think, Moose Jaw, the highway was closed. Like there was cars in the ditch already and there was a truck overturned on the side and then there's an off-ramp that goes into like to the highway and it had a bunch of trucks jackknifed on it and so the gps gave us an option to drive around uh the city of moose jaw so we went south and uh, drove around to take the detour but it took us through all these little back roads of uh western saskatchewan and some of these roads man like they're basically a cow path with no houses no anything of any kind and by this time it's snowing bad and the boys are telling me like i'm driving you know and the boys are telling me like uh yeah so we're looking on the gps and this road's closed and the highway's closed and this this road is red and this road is red and anyway so i'm like well what are we gonna do we we can't stop anywhere we can't drive into the city and, and like get a hotel or anything. It's supposed to keep snowing like all day. Uh, we don't hunt till tomorrow, so let's just take our time and drive there. Well, take our time. It did because it ended up taking us nine hours from the time we left the hotel to the time we got to our destination to uh, make that trip. And let me tell you, man, it was the worst drive of my life that I've ever been on. The snow was so bad, it was like driving through waves of snow. You'd be driving in the, basically driving off-road uh, through these roads where there's no houses and no anything, no traffic. Like We'd go like an hour without seeing a vehicle. Um, and, and I mean, you're driving like 60, 50, 40 kilometers an hour, just trying to stay between the lines. You can hardly see the sides of the road. There's lots of times where the snow drifts are blowing snow so hard that I literally would just take my foot off the gas and stop and hope that I didn't hit the ditch. And, you know, and then other times there's like these big, deep ravines. And I'm like, man, if we ever get off this, we're fucked. You know, we're just, they'll find us in the springtime. And uh, so anyway, so we just kept driving. Just drive and drive and drive. And I'm trying to keep us safe and i'm trying to make sure we don't uh hit the ditch and you know we're so we pull onto these side roads and there's like you know we, we we luckily had just filled up with gas so we you know and i have a truck that has a thousand liter tank in, or a thousand uh, kilometer tank in it you know 130 liter tank so we did have no problems with gas but uh there was like you'd pull onto a road and it'd be like please make sure you're full of gas because there's no gas stations for the next 100 kilometers and i'm like man and you know so you drive a 100 kilometer road with no traffic of any kind and uh drive it at like 40 50 kilometers an hour so scary stuff man just you know the things we do to bird hunt and uh anyway you look back on it like man was that ever stupid but the end of the day it is what it is we uh we took our time we made it there we got uh stuck actually on one part of the highway 
uh, we're driving on this road and, and this truck passed me. So I had to kind of pull off the, the, like get out of the wagon wheel ruts that I was following to, to get off. So this truck had passed me. And then when I went to get back in, I got stuck on the road right to a dead halt. And, uh, so the four of us get out, actually five of us get out and try to push this thing and it's blistering blowing wind and we're not dressed very warmly because all of our good warm hunting clothes is all packed in the back of the truck and uh, you know poor jake has his crocs on and you know uh, quentin's got a pair of running shoes and you know anyway so uh so we're trying to dig this truck out with no tools of any kind so we're using our feet and our hands and then of course our hands get cold and you sit back in the truck and i'm putting it in four wheel drive and rocking it back and forth well as we're doing this this other young lad comes along and, he, and he's driving and then he sees us so he slows down well then doesn't he get stuck too and uh we're like shit so anyway so we, ch- we chat with him for a bit and we're like man how does this happen often like the plow's gonna come by and he's like oh no man the the, the plows won't come by till till it stops snowing he's like you know and it's supposed to snow all the way into tomorrow so we can either stay here and but he's like, there's nowhere to walk to. He's like, I'm from here. The next the next house is like a kilometer away. And just he's like, we better just try to dig us out. So he's like, I'm going to make a phone call to a buddy that's got a tractor. And maybe he'll come give us a hand. So anyway, so he goes and sits in his truck. We sit in our truck. We're waiting in the truck. And he, he gets out of his truck and walks back over. And he says, yeah, my buddy's on his way with his tractor. He said he'd be here in like 20 minutes, half an hour. So we're like, okay, cool. He walks back to his truck. So we're sitting in our truck, you know. Uh, we're now only like 40 minutes from where we're supposed to be going. So it's like the walk's getting shorter, but, uh, we're sitting in the truck with it. Doesn't he get out of the truck again? He walks back over. He's like, you're not going to believe this, but my buddy's on his way here with his tractor. Well, he put his tractor in the ditch, so he's not coming now. We're like, holy shit. So I said, well, listen, buddy, we, you know, we got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. So tell you what, let's try to see if we can get you out first. So we were able to dig him out and get him pushed out. And then he helped us get dug out. And I said, okay. We're going to drive here, and I'm not stopping. So if, uh, we don't, you know, you get stuck or I get stuck, just keep going. If you get stuck, just take care. If we get stuck, just pass us and keep going, you know. And uh, he's like, okay. So anyway, we, we got going, and we, we went along, and we both, I don't know, never heard from that guy again, but I know we made it. So scary shit, man. Just, you know, really, really taught me to really pay attention to the, to the weather and the weather network and kind of you know check it regularly and because uh when we first had checked it like a day or so before it was just it was supposed to be some snow but not that bad well obviously that was not the case and uh you know we learned our lesson made it to uh you know swift current got filled up got the truck took all the snow off it by this time it had stopped snowing and then uh, made our way to the lodge and um, even the next morning when we went to go hunting for our first time, we fucking got stuck in the driveway. Like, there was just so much snow. It was insane. And then, like, by the time we left two days later, a lot of it had melted. Like, you know, it had come and gone. It just got really warm. All of a sudden, all the snow was gone. So, but, uh, you know, lesson learned. Scary shit happens, man. You, uh, that's the thing. We, as bird hunters, we got to just, you know, take it as it comes. It's part of this uh, dangerous hobby of ours and uh, as sean alluded to on the last podcast apparently he was saying you know one of the most dangerous jobs in uh, north america is like a professional guide a waterfowl hunting guide so um you know if you're one of these guys that does this for a living i, I give you credit man it's a hard job i don't know i couldn't do it all the time so the little bit of hosting we do for our events and for the few you know members we have is more than enough for what what i need and uh I can't imagine doing this day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. So, and even like I was saying, when we were out, out west, like we were driving along and, and uh, there was 
a place where this guy had driven into the ditch and you could see where he'd driven for like half a kilometer and then driven back out and and I, I pointed it out to Daryl, the guy. He's like, oh, yeah, that was me two days ago. I was scouting. I wasn't watching the road, and off I went. I'm like, holy Christ. So but uh, so anyway, yeah, so those are my Friday foul focal points for today, Friday the 13th. I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for everyone uh, messaging me and listening to the podcast. Uh, I get a lot of messages on social media, Instagram, Facebook, that kind of stuff. You know, buddies text me and say, hey, great episode. If you're interested in this podcast and you are listening to it, uh, why don't you fire me an email and tell me what you want to hear on it? Uh, send me an email at info at gohuntbirds.com. Uh, if I get an email from you that says, hey, uh, I like the podcast, here's who I'd like to hear or what I'd like to hear next. Uh, if I get an email, it's got to be an email, I will uh, put everybody's name in a hat that sends me an email and I'll send out uh, one of our InfoLenser packages, which is, you know includes bunch of go hunt bird swag and some stickers and a bunch of other fun stuff so like i said send me an in an info at gohuntbirds.com email and i want to know who do you want to have on the podcast and i want to know what do you want to talk about or what do you want us to talk about and what do you want to hear about so thanks again for listening to this episode uh friday foul focal points uh hopefully you're liking this little segment of the program and we will catch up with you soon cheers mm-hmm.